Well, I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 118. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one generally nearby in the pew, on the end of the pew. And Psalm 119 is, oh, I guess about two-fifths of the way through the Bible, maybe almost halfway through, uh, right smack dab there uh, in, in the Old Testament. Psalm 118 we want to look at, and we'll read uh, several verses from, from here. Uh, which is a psalm of thanksgiving and so appropriate for us this week. And really what we want to look at is all that we've got to be thankful for. The one to whom we're called, we're invited to give thanks. Maybe talk a little bit about why it's so valuable to have a heart of thanksgiving. And maybe a little bit about how we can grow to be more thankful people in our lives. I invite you all to stand with me as I read. We won't read the entire thing. We'll skip a few verses in the middle there, but let me read aloud to you as you read along silently Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, His steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, His steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress I called on the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. And then jumping to verse 13. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does Valiantly, the right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you. From the house of the Lord. The Lord is God. And he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God. I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. You may be seated. And as you do, let me pray again for our time. Father, thank you 
for your word. That reminds us to walk in a life of thanksgiving to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's interesting, as uh, many of you know, perhaps uh, early in August, the Peters family had a bit of an adventure, medically speaking. I had some uh, surprise occurrence as I got back from our Peru trip, a mission trip down to Peru, and I guess basically because of being on the flights and not moving around and because Sam made me put my backpack up so I didn't have to go up and stand up and get my backpack. I blame it all on Sam. We, uh, we had these clots that broke free one night of my legs and landed in my lungs. And, you know, surprise, surprise, that's not a healthy thing. I got an official letter from the ER doc, one of Marty's buddies, about this whole uh, deal. And it, it, it actually was kind of interesting, I guess. And the Lord watched over me and protected me. But I'll tell you what, I was thankful for the medical care I got. I was really thankful to get out of the hospital. If you've ever been in there, you're kind of ready to move on once you're feeling back to normal. And I was even more thankful. In the days that followed, and maybe you've had some kind of setback in your life, something's come along the way and kind of reminded you of your frailty, of your limitation, your mortality, perhaps. And you remember those days right after that experience probably pretty vividly where you look around And the simple things of life all of a sudden take on more powerful meaning, don't they? You watch your kids play and just enjoy watching them do their thing. All of a sudden it fills you with a joy that it didn't before. Your time with your spouse perhaps is even more encouraging than it was before. You look at the times of gathering together with God's people and worship is really a a richer and fuller experience. All of those things are brought to greater light. And of course, I know many in our church family have uh, dealt with other uh, challenges, other reminders that the Lord has given to you that have been more serious and severe and maybe even ongoing than, than anything that I've had to deal with. But I was thankful that God gave me that opportunity to be reminded to to give thanks, to have gratitude for all the things that that are around me that I kind of miss when I forget to give thanks. And I thought about that as I looked at our passage today. And if you want to follow along in your worship guide, you can. There's a notes section in the back of it that God's word is interesting because it gives us several reasons for why we should give thanks. And we just kind of want to walk through those today for you. Nothing too flashy, nothing too fancy, but hopefully something very encouraging and very helpful for us today. And a couple of the reasons that we're given to give thanks is number one, as we're going to see right out of the gate, he he commands it. He calls us to it. He invites us if you want to look at it that way. Uh, Number two, it actually is a great opportunity to think about all the blessings we have in this life. When we slow down and we give thanks, and maybe you might even this week want to get out a sheet of paper and just write out everything that you've got to be thankful for. When you do that, you see, wow, God's really been good to me. Not only that, but 
we, of course, want to talk about the fact that we give thanks, not just for the things that God provides for us in this life, although they're good, but we give thanks just for God himself, that he's saved us, that he's rescued us, that we can have a a relationship with him. And lastly, we'll hopefully have a moment to touch on the fact that we give thanks because it does something to us. It helps us to live in a more content and grateful way. It actually blesses us to give thanks. That's part of God's purpose for us in it. Well, certainly the first thing we see in our passage right from the beginning of this psalm is that we're called to give thanks. It says this in verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. And then if you flip all the way over to the very last couple of verses, or in my Bible, you've got to flip a page. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. It's the bookends of this passage. There's a bunch of stuff in between, as we just read. But if you don't get anything else out of our time today, note that the Scriptures say right at the beginning of this psalm, give thanks. And then they say right at the end, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. That's who He is. And it's a good thing to remind ourselves to give thanks because it's not always easy for us, is it? Not always easy for us to be thankful for all the things, even though we might enjoy uh, living in this land where we have great freedom. We might enjoy good friends. We might enjoy some of the material blessings. It's not always easy to give thanks. Someone sent this to me not too long ago. This was comments that you never hear at church. I thought these were kind of humorous. I whittled them down to four or five to share today. Comments never heard at church. Hey, it's my turn to sit in the front pew. Exhibit A, right up here. (laughs) Number two, I was so enthralled, Pastor, I never realized your message went 35 minutes. Number three, personally, I find witnessing much more enjoyable than golf. Number four, Oh, be glad to volunteer to be the permanent teacher for the junior high Sunday school class. Happy to do that. And number five, Derek will like this one. I love it when we sing hymns we've never sung before. That's my favorite. It's hard to give thanks. It's even hard to give thanks sometimes for our family blessings. I came across this as well, the story of a a young family, and there was a five- or six-year-old boy, Jacob, in the family, and then there was a newborn, and they had just gone to the worship service where the newborn had been baptized. And they got in the car on their way home, and Jacob began to just sob, this little five-, six-year-old, just, just crying and crying. And his parents asked him several times, why are you upset? What's the problem? And finally, he got his words together, and he said, you know, Mom and Dad, the pastor said that we should have a, a, a Christian, a healthy Christian home. And, and I really wanted to stay with you guys. So even the things that are great blessings to us or can be like family and all that God provides in that way, it's hard for us sometimes to see them in the right light. Well, God's Word walks us through not only a reminder that we can have to be thankful for those kind of things, but just a reminder for how God is at work, what He's doing. 
And that's what this psalm is mostly about. So walk with me through this. Uh, Number one, we see that he's filled with goodness and love. That's one of the reasons we ought to be thankful for who God is and what he's doing in our lives. Right there in verse 1, why does this psalm tell us to give thanks? Because he's good. That's his nature. That's his character is to be good. And he's filled with love. It goes through this refrain in verses 2, 3, and 4. Let Israel say his love endures forever. The house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord, let everybody say God's love is steadfast. And that's that stick to it, stick with you love that we really can't experience even in our closest human relationships. Only God has that type of ultimate love and goodness. We see as well in these verses that we can give thanks to God for what we might call His deliverance and His strength. His his lifting us up out of situations when we're struggling and Him giving us power to press through the things we're facing in life. Take a look with me at verse 5 where the psalmist says, Out of my distress I called to the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. And then verse 6, the verse six, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? We can be thankful if we're in Christ because we've got all that we need locked up in our relationship with the Lord. And so we don't have to fear. And we can enjoy His comfort, His deliverance, His strength. We didn't read through verses 8 on down to 12, but verse 13 and 14 kind of summarize those that it's talking about facing adversity and difficulty it says in verse 13 i was pushed hard so that i was falling but the lord helped me the lord is my strength and my song he's become my salvation we can give thanks to the lord because hopefully we've seen at different places in our life how he comes in and gives us strength and even rescues us from situations we could never find a way out of or have power to handle in and of ourselves. It's even interesting, verse 18, so jumping down a little bit, it says, The Lord has disciplined me severely, but He's not given me over to death. Scriptures are reminding us here that we can be thankful even in the midst of God maybe doing some correcting things to work some things out in our hearts. Because he's giving us strength and deliverance in the midst of that as well. And verses 14, 15, and 16 seem to convey one other theme. One other theme, and that is the joy, the victory, the salvation that we have in Christ. So we can be thankful for that as well. The Lord is my strength and my song, it says there. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. And then these uh, verses about God's valiant working. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The things that the Lord does are, are noble, are heroic, are majestic in our lives. And so we can give thanks for His victory and our salvation. And all of this leads us into really several parts of this passage that are interesting because of the fact that they point forward to the Lord Jesus Christ 
And him is the one who we ultimately give thanks for. Now, you'll, you all remember with me that throughout the scriptures, uh, even all through the Old Testament, there's constant pointers. There's like an arrow going forward at every page you read, pointing, pointing, pointing to Christ, to this one who would be the fulfillment. And, and that's true when we read passages in the Bible about somebody who does something heroic or some deed of, of faith, David and Goliath and so forth. It, it not only shows us that character and what they did, but it points forward to one who's going to do the most ultimate and most noble and greatest thing for us, our Savior. Likewise, we look at some of those characters throughout the Bible and we see their flaws and, and foibles. And the Bible sometimes makes careful detail of those flaws and foibles for us. It reminds us that we, we need somebody that's much more perfect than any of these even noteworthy leaders in the Scriptures. We see the Old Testament sacrificial system. I talked about it last week. All of that pointed forward to a lamb who would come and be slain for God's people. Even the commands, the kind of rigorous details of God's law, that points forward to remind us, goodness, hold that mirror of God's law up in front of my face, and it's not a pretty picture. I need somebody to clean this thing up big time. And that Jesus is coming to be the fulfillment of all righteousness. So in a general way, all of the scriptures, the Old Testament, point towards Christ. It's interesting how many specific ways this psalm points towards Christ. Take a look with me a little bit more closely at several of these verses. I guess we'll start with verse 19 in Psalm 118. It just says, Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them, and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. Now I see there God giving us a connection, a reminder about what John says in John chapter 10, where he reminds us that Jesus, in fact, is the gate. He's the one who allows us to go in. John fourteen six reminds us Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So he's that entry point for us to go in. Just a hint of it here in this passage. It also says in our verse as well, and let me come back to the cornerstone, but jump with me quickly down to verse 26. It says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's an interesting passage to have woven in here because does anybody remember where else we hear that phrase, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord? On Palm Sunday, all throughout the Gospels, as they're praising Jesus and, and waving their palm branches, that's the first phrase on the lips of the crowds. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Well, you may say that's all helpful, but it looks a little circumstantial. Take a look with me at verse 22 says there that the stone the builders has rejected has become the cornerstone. And then verse 23, it says, this is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, on back to the book of 1 Peter. 
First, Peter reminds us of what it means that indeed Jesus is this cornerstone, this chief cornerstone that the builders would be prone to reject because it doesn't look like much. doesn't look like the whole world could be saved through this one going and dying on a cross. But in fact, it's exactly the way that salvation would come. First Peter's all the way at the back of the New Testament, just a little, just a stone's throw before Revelation there. And it says in verse 4 of chapter 2 in First Peter, verse 4 of chapter 2, talking about Christ, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then listen to these verses. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Verse 7, so the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the corner stone. What a fascinating passage in light of what we see in Psalm 118 and are reminded to give thanks for not only all these wonderful things that God's given us in this life, not only the list of things that we just numbered out, but that we're invited to give thanks for who Jesus is, that he's the son of God, that he's the cornerstone, that he's the one on whom our faith is built. Do you believe that today? So important. So important that uh, even in all that we could be thankful for about God, that ultimately at the hub, at the centerpiece of that, is being thankful for Jesus' redeeming and saving work for sinners like me and like you. Well, I said we'd talk about all of those items, and I think we also want to mention as we conclude that it's fascinating how God invites us, or if you want to say commands us here to do something, to give thanks to Him, which sounds a little self-centered on His part. We've talked before about the fact that God can be self-centered because he's the ultimate greatest being that created all things. But it sounds a little bit that way, and we might be a little bit pushed off from it, except for realizing the fact that on top of all these things I've listed out today, being thankful actually helps us, doesn't it? When we're thankful for things, it's like a knife into the heart of our discontentment. Isn't that what kind of makes life difficult for us sometimes is just the fact that we're not content with all the blessings we enjoy. And God invites us to give thanks to him because it's actually going to help us. We actually enjoy living life more if we're content. Who's not more enjoy, doesn't enjoy life more when they're content with what God has offered? Now, one of the things that comes to my mind as we conclude is kind of how does all this work with the difficulties that we face in life? How do we put some of that together? What's going on there? How do we come up with thanksgiving in those places? And I I thought I would let the words of uh, 
uh, Joni Erickson Tata uh, help us out, and someone from our own congregation sent this to me a couple of weeks ago, and I appreciated it and thought it would be good to share. If you don't know of anything about her, as you'll hear as I read in a minute, uh, she suffer, suffers from permanent paralysis, but has been used greatly by the Lord in various uh, speaking and other ministries. And she writes about this verse, and I'll conclude with this, that the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 and 9, you may have heard it before, but she's commenting about this passage where it says, the Apostle Paul says this, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. He's talking about some kind of problem, some kind of issue that was chronic and that would not go away. We don't know exactly what it was. He continues, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, the Lord said to him, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. We might say I give thanks for my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And then listen to what Joni Erickson Tata says. She says, I can identify with this verse. In the early years of my paralysis, when I was squirming to get back on my feet, I looked at my wheelchair and I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. To make a long story short, she says, I got the same response as the Apostle Paul did. Like his, my condition remained. It remained chronic, she says. Why chronic? Why do some hardships never go away? And here's her answer. The hammering and chiseling process of our lives won't end until we become completely holy, and there's no chance of that happening on this side of eternity. This is why, she says, I can more easily accept my paralysis as a chronic condition. When I broke my neck, it wasn't a jigsaw puzzle I had to solve fast, nor was it a quick jolt to get me back on track. My diving accident was the beginning of a long, arduous process of becoming more like Christ. Sure, there are times, she says, when I wish it were easier, but I realize I'm far from perfect. I have a long way to go to be made like Christ, polished and complete in His image. And then she concludes, The grace of God that I've just mentioned has sustained me through hardships that hang around. God's grace and the desire and power to do His will is sufficient. Health and wholeness, here she's referring to the next step for all of us beyond this life in heavenly thankfulness. She says, health and wholeness, maturity and completeness will be mine one day. The hammer and chisel will be laid down once for all. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would work in our hearts and lives greater thankfulness. And Lord, though it might not be obvious to people around us when we're growing discontent, 
Lord, we pray that you would stop that sin in our hearts, dead in its tracks, uh, wherever it rears its ugly head, just as we would pray for you to stop some other things that maybe seem more obvious and outward in their uh, sinfulness. Lord, because we know that your word gives us manifold reasons to walk in thankfulness to to you for who you are, for all the things, the blessings you've brought into our lives in this life, and most of all, for the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf, a righteous one offered up for the unrighteous. Oh, Lord, we give you thanks today. In Jesus' name, amen.